Hey, Gabriel Lake. Hey, Gabriel Jose. Where are we today? I'm in San Francisco today. And I'm in Chicago today. But we've both been traveling a lot recently, which this is the first time we've recorded in two or three weeks. Yeah, no, that's true. It has been like pretty weird, man. I had to say that I, I miss you, Gabriel. I miss you too. <laughs> uh, but talking about missing, what did we watch this time? We watched the 2022 film by David Cronenberg. It was a can. It got, I'm sure, a 20 minute standing ovation. That's, that's a joke. Um, Crimes of the Future, uh, not to be mistaken by the 1970 film Crimes of the Future, also by David Cronenberg, and has no relation. I mean, that's like pretty funny because we mentioned a couple of times when we talk, for example, about love. We were surprised about like there has to be hundreds of movies with the same title and there is no other movie that is called love is a basically cronenberg had like the whole english vocabulary for going with another title that he couldn't collide with any other of his movies but he went with that almost as bad as what was the movie that we watched that i had to tell you is not that one long day's journey into night <laughs> It caused an emergency phone call to you. <laughs> and we, sorry, we don't talk on the phone. This has been like a really, really big emergency. Uh, so yeah, in any case, we watched the right one. And I was also thinking when you were mentioning 2022, that is a strange. It's like when we're talking about like, hey, we watched a movie that it was released this year. It's like, wow, that has to be like super recent. And then I realized like, hey, it's June. Yeah, it was like amazing. six months. Yeah, it was like six months of releases. Also, fun fact, just because you mentioned June, I graduated 20 years ago from high school this month. I won't say how long. Congratulate me. <laughs> I, I could. Okay, congratulations. I know that you Americans really like that. High school, exactly. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Okay, and as this was your peak, uh, I think that I should summarize it. Now, I was coming back from a long trip uh i slept for like four hours but i already had plans for watching this movie uh of course the flights were delayed for making this like way worse so i may have closed my eyes once or twice not more than five seconds the friend that i was the movie with he told me that i didn't snore or anything and he didn't even realize that i fell asleep so i may have some gaps that i may need your help to feel that's fine. I think this is this type of film. The very specific plot points aren't that relevant. We'll just say that. I think yeah. it's more to be consumed as a whole. And as experience. Yes. Not about the details. What about like the big picture? Right. Uh, so this movie opens with uh, a kid playing on the beach. The mother like keeping an eye on it, and then we see how the kid is just eating a garbage can in the toilet and the next scene that we see is like the mother just smoldering him to death with a pillow so that is not connected to what we watch next it takes a while for actually seeing it but then we actually jump into Viggo Mortensen and I don't remember the name of the actress Les Seydoux I think Les yeah uh, I'm going to call her Lea uh, so oh it's from Blue is the Bormist Cover okay um, the new James Bond. Yeah, that's right. That's what she was trying to get from. So, uh, 
Lea and Vigo are performance artists. We see uh, Vigo like just connected to some kind of futuristic, half organic, half machine bed where he's like just resting. And we are introduced to in the future people, humans are evolving at a fast pace. Is that basically you are born like a regular human being and if you have like this disease, you are going to start generating some organs. The case of Vigo Mortensis is especially bad because he doesn't stop generating organs and they don't have like a clear functionality and they are like basically killing him or at least is what we are meant to believe. We don't really, nobody knows. Yeah. People are making assumptions, but the film is purposely vague about, is it really bad? Is it yeah. just illusion? What's going on? Yeah. So uh, we're introduced to other characters. We're introduced to uh, a couple of technicians that they take care of the bed because it needs to be adjusted as his metabolism changes because of the organs that bed is supposed to actually just keep him hormonally balanced. Uh, we're also introduced to uh, Kristen Stewart. I, I um, in this future, we don't know if it's near or distant, um, humans stopped feeling pain for the most part. Oh yeah, yeah. I was going to really jump into that because they go like to, to talk with a national organ registry uh, where they are like basically registering like new organs that people are growing and they actually one of the guys in the office stares at the camera and he does like a very very heavy exposition about like well humans most of us we have a stop experience pain and that's convenience because we're also generating organs and that's extremely convenience for them that they are performance artists and they basically do, they do surgery without any kind of anesthesia in you know very futuristic almost like hr giger machine and also human infections went away completely like they don't exist in this future so like yeah. doing surgery is painless and safe for the most part yeah and it's not even like painless it's almost like a erotic yes it's sensual it's like it's actually sold as you know like the kind of uh creating something that as humans right now we are horrified you know or we are like just terrified of surgery at least i am is, a, is the idea of uh, no, they're like completely awake and they get aroused by it. They feel like that's like some kind of penetrative sex, like the and, ultimate penetrative sex. Yes, and a non-discriminative, discriminative form of sex because men can be and enjoy being penetrated as much as yeah. women. We also see like some random scenes where people are getting like mark with knives on the street as some kind of arousing thing instead of just making out is that they are like just stabbing each other not really stabbing it's more like carving yeah it's, carving each other yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. um it's a sensual is... sort of crime <laughs> sure sure let's go with that um what else so uh oh yeah so now the story connects to uh to the first scene to the opening scene Basically, the father of that kid that got murdered reached out to this performance, performance artist and they asked him to just do an autopsy. They said that they never do autopsies, that they modify the machine that they use to do the surgeries for just not being about like a, a autopsies, but just for being about like surgery. So they have never done it, but he wants to actually perform a surgery so people can see that his son 
was actually a nature-born amplified human that he could actually eat plastic. That was like the evolution, all the evolution was for being able to eat an oil-derived product. That is like one of the most stupid evolutions that I ever heard in my life, I had to say. Well, yeah, so everything you said I agree with, um, but Scott Speedman, whom you might know from Felicity, um, I don't. the father of the child, and he believes these new organs are part of the just evolutionary journey. Part of that is that now they consume plastics, which is the, you know, commercial garbage of our time. So it, may, yeah. he, it makes sense. And he wants, yes, so continue, sorry. Mm. So there is a bit of a dilemma about like doing it or not. Uh, then they talk with the police. He said, dude, there is going to be, I'm going to be like just putting facts on here because there is a lot. You know, a lot of different stories that I don't feel like is resolved. But it's like basically they go to the police about like just talking and say, hey, we're being asked for just, you know, like doing an autopsy about like this murder kid. And then we see like the policeman that they talk with. He actually talks with Vigo Mortensen. And he looks like Vigo Mortensen is part of the police, that he's undercover. Yeah. We also see like the plastic eaters. So the father has been like just, uh, he modified himself. They did a surgery and they actually added an organ to allow them like eat plastic. Uh, so that was like the reason why the kid was so important because this is like the first one that it was naturally born with that modification that he inherited from the, from the parents <coughs> while he was like naturally born with it. Uh, so, that's we interesting see... because I, I didn't. I mean, I know that that the father said that everyone received the same surgery, but I assumed the kid did that. That was later somewhere. Yeah, yeah, so no, I know the son was naturally born, but I thought the dad was just developing the organs um, as like the evolutionary thing. But the no, son he didn't. was born with them. But yeah, you're yeah, right. yeah. I mean, it's a bit more about like, hey, we decided to just evolve ourselves and just like becoming people that they can eat plastic. They don't even talk. They didn't even say that it was some kind of food scarcity or anything like that. Yeah, it's interesting. There's no food at all in this besides plastic. Well, I mean, their food. We see they food. Never yeah, they did. I mean, the guy on the on the feeding chair that is rocking. Oh, fuck and, yeah. <laughs> and that looks organic. I don't know what the fuck that chair is or why it even exists. But dude, is they are eating something there. The noise, well, the noise it makes is fantastic. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so basically to do the surgery. Oh, at the same time, is like the technicians they go crazy and they start killing people. Yeah, there's some, there's a lot. There's a yeah. lot. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. So uh, let's just go, let's just go with the end. It's like basically uh, the father just tells Viggo Mortensen about like, hey, what you should do is embrace this evolution instead of actually trying to remove it from you or remain like the classic human. You should actually see where this, where this is taking, this is taking you. Uh, they do the autopsy of the kid and they see like the organs have been tattooed that it was something that Leah used to do with the Vigo's organs. But they say that the organs here, they have been tattooed by one of the technicians. 
could have done it, but the kid didn't have any scars. I, I don't know, dude. I don't know. Is that everything is like bizarre and even like when they're removing the organs, some of them are like just like cats, you know, they're like already like closed with some wires that is like it's not even evolution. It's like clearly someone is something to this body. Uh, the technicians kill the father and that he's also like the leader of this revolutionary movement. And at the end, Vico Mortensen has been like struggling more and more with difficulties for eating as his organs are getting, are starting to grow like way too fast. And at the end, he actually embraces evolution and he eats one of the food bars that the plastic eater used to eat and he cries. And the movie fucking ends. I don't think he, he I don't think he cries out of sadness. I think. Oh, no, no, no. It's a thing that is a bit more of an epiphany, an epiphany moment about like I made my mind. It's like I'm going to be like embracing where this is taking me. And I got the impression, and it's not clear, it's not explicit, but that he was finally relieved from all the bodily shit he was dealing with. Which, by the way, this film is two hours of Viggo Mortensen coughing and not being able to speak, like nonstop. Doing like pretty bad noises, and um, yeah, they recreate on that. He's like when he's like just coughing and he cannot eat. Like, ah, ha, 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 ha. At some point, his throat gets too small to swallow, and Cronenberg just makes you sit there with it and just be like horrified at what hap- what's happening to his body. Yeah, I don't know. There are like many scenes that they are awkwardly long on this movie. Is that there, there is some kind, it almost feels like a, what is the the director of Delicatessen? I don't know. It's Amelie? Like, it's the same director? It's the same director. It's uh, Jean-Pierre Jeunet. Okay. It's, or the, you know, like the city of the, of the Lost Kids. It's basically, it's basically like if uh, Jean-Pierre Jeunet made a movie with David Lynch. But without the whimsy of Correct. capitalism. <laughs> Correct. You know, it's like it's not like whimsical. It's not weird but metaphorical. It's just like do you want us to see body horror? I still don't know why, because the thing is that there are like many things that I was thinking is that hey, you could have got one idea and develop it. Because I thought that the performance artist on the idea that is like, hey, we're going to be like doing like the ultimate performance that is actually playing with our body, I feel like this is interesting. And you see like, a lot of people like recording all the time and the likes and it's like, just go with that angle. And then they go with these revolutionaries with the plastic eaters. Then we go with the technicians committing murder. There was a lot. There was really, really a lot to unpack. And honestly, just hearing you describe the synopsis, I didn't. it didn't feel like that in the movie theater. To me personally, um, it felt like a Tarsem Singh film, like The Cell. Like we're just gonna throw a bunch of shit in here. It doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to be that coherent. J Lo just needs to be in a serial killer's mind. <laughs> but I mean, okay. I mean, I just feel like he tries to be, try to make some kind of metaphors or try to just present some thought-provoking ideas. I think that he tries. I agree with you, and I looked for metaphors, and I came up with two very obvious ones, and I thought, well, I must be missing something. Do you want to hear the conclusion I came to? 
please. There is nothing deeper here. He's just the Gaspar Noe of body horror. <laughs> okay. Okay. So let me tell you, the, the two metaphors I came up with are obviously sexual. I mean, at some point, Viggo Mortensen gets a zipper installed on his stomach. Oh. So that there's like an easier surge, like view into the inside and then eats it like cunning lingus. And it's like, okay, like there's clearly a sexual component. In fact, the violence, the characters talk about how this like surgery and, um, you know, cutting themselves or cutting other people is the new sex. In fact, they don't really know how to have the old sex. They call the old sex what we call sex. Um, and then the very obvious other metaphor is how ridiculous it is that we're willing to cut up our bodies and mold our bodies today for beauty. Like, it's okay. But beauty is ephemeral, right? And so he just flipped it and showed us something horrific. But what they're doing to their bodies is exactly what we do to our bodies today to be quote-unquote beautiful, which is all they're trying to do. So, so anyway, those are two very obvious metaphors. That's all I came up with. That's how deep I think this film is. Yeah. If there is more, I don't think there is like way, sorry, that is not like properly evolve let's just say you know i think that there was potential for more here if the script was tighter if it was a bit more like, hey, i'm trying to make a reflection on reality from this angle so um did you find it entertaining i fell asleep several times so not it's i will say it's not an ultra compelling film it's slow it's you're not going to get a lot of answers you're not going to get your own epiphanies um but overall as a, like a oh this is a slightly more interesting film than most things that are in my theater yes for me and i felt zero emotion besides disgust at what i was seeing on the screen and it's not like horrific um it's manageable this is coming from somebody who's a little bit sensitive to very graphic things um also, I think, I don't know if he did this on purpose, but David Cronenberg absolutely couldn't make me feel a single emotion during this. And I feel like if I had cared about Viggo Mortensen or Lea Seydoux or um, even that little boy, yeah. it would have been too difficult to watch for me. Uh, I'm going to try to think about like all Cronenberg movies that I watch. I haven't watched many, you know, was it The Bruce, Videodrome, uh, uh, Scanners. I never felt anything for any of his characters. I didn't never watch that one. But he's not that good about like writing characters, at least in the movies that I watch. He's a bit more about like just building walls. You know, building like weird walls that is a like, this has become something normal here. And this like this was an interesting kind of perspective about like hey, I'm designing a wall where people don't experience pain. And actually, they start evolving into something else. I thought that I said, this is a cool premise, but what you're doing with it, it doesn't give me anything. The characters, I don't care about them. Just hearing Viggo Mortensen like, just coughing during 20, for 20 minutes is not giving me anything about him as a human being or as an evolution of a human being. I agree. I think his his world is intriguing. I particularly was fascinated by the the idea of not having infections and what that means 
like <clears throat> think about all the laws like there's a little bit of a discussion hey are you qualified to do surgery and they're like um we don't die of infections anymore nobody feels pain everybody's qualified to have surgeries and what that little shift would mean to society i absolutely believe like look at how much body modifications are done today yeah. there is a danger i absolutely believe if those two things happen no pain no infections this is the direction society would go i mean i have to say that the part of the like the part of the like and i know that maybe it's because i'm like just pretty jaded about this it was all the influencer performance, everyone recording, something like this. You know, I felt that this is interesting. You can develop like this a bit more about like the dangers of turning everything into an art. About, like, where can it take you? But then turning into the chosen one, revolutionary groups, giving technicians. I agree. I feel like the direction it went. It, so, like, Act One was like introduction to the death of the kid, introduction to the performance artist, introduction to the weird organic technologies, um, and then I feel like Act Two was more like exploring the idea: Hey, should we cut up this kid in an autopsy as performance art? And why is it different to do that to someone who's alive? And there's this, there's a lot to think about, in my opinion, in the second act. And then the third act is like, oh, he didn't know how to end this, or he had such big ideas he couldn't put it into one film. Yeah, yeah, I think that he actually was. He felt a bit of a. This is the first draft. I'm putting like everything there on the kitchen sink, and I would just trim it back. And then it was like, oh shit, is that it's only three months for the, for how to say for cans. So we had to finish this. <laughs> It's like an episode of Project Runway when they're like, "We're gonna build the most beautiful gown." Oh wait, we have forty-five minutes. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Just, just cut everything. Uh, that's the feeling that I had. I think that there is potential here for doing something interesting, but as it ends, like the final product, I will actually just repeat, like the words of my friend when the movie just went to the credits. I was like, "Is it over? This is bullshit." He just exclaimed like pretty loud in the theater. I I will say that I found the final. You know, I'm a a big fan of those endings after a slow boil. I felt like the final 30 seconds of that film. I was like, oh, Chef's kiss. This is just amazing. <laughs> Are There's you like, kidding me? Finish this. No, I was like, yes. And that final close up, I was like, please let the film end here. Please let the film end here. And it didn't. I was like. Mm. But ending there, ending there, don't you think that you could actually have cut like 30 movies of them, 30 minutes of that movie, that they didn't add oh, anything sure. to that? And I'm not talking about like the logical wrap up of the story. I'm just saying watching him in that chair, wiggling around, deciding to eat the plastic, and then just final scene close up on Viggo Mortensen's tear. Um, and just going to black and white. That's solid. That's solid. Good for you, Cronenberg. Dude. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I wish that Edwin was here because he would actually just call like this artsy fartsy and then he would shame us with his like pages of notes because he studied and prepared for the podcast and we were just winging it <laughs> it's funny I was actually talking with my friend about that and he's like yeah he was telling us oh so you're actually going to be like preparing notes here and I'm talking about the story like I feel a bit bad I don't think that we are like that kind of 
critics, I don't even consider ourselves critics. I just consider like people that they talk about movies. You should have winked at him and said, it's all up here. Exactly. <laughs> I was, you know, when I was with my eyes closed and I was like deep breathing, I was taking notes. <laughs> That's how I work. Um, I felt, I had to say that I didn't, I was not expecting much. Because Cronenberg, as I told you earlier, is like, I don't, I think that it's interesting that this guy is still doing like body horror in 2022. And I didn't feel like two ways. It felt like retrofuturistic in some of the aspects, but I didn't feel like someone trying to do an 80s movie. I, it felt low budget. That's true. Uh, in some of the special effects, yes. I was blown away at wherever he filmed that. Clearly it was in Greece. In Greece, yeah. It was like, this is the perfect post-apocalyptic. I mean, it's not post-apocalyptic, it's just like kind of- Dystopian, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's from the first scene that you see the streets, I was just like, this is a Mediterranean country. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's Italy, if it's like part of France, if it's Spain. And it's like when we see like the first sign in Greek, yeah. it's like, yeah. This makes sense. So I had seen a handful of the movies you mentioned. I believe I saw Videodrome. I saw The Fly, Existence. But then he kind of, like took a break from body horror for a long time he did yeah. a history of violence he did um the one where vigo plays the russian mob guy yeah i mean i think that he and maybe he had he was not capable of selling any studio oh With he did maps to the stars is it good no, but <laughs> it had more in it, so. <laughs> anyway, my point. Oh, and then Cosmopolis. I loved Cosmopolis. Did you see that? No, I think that I stopped watching like stuff like you. Um, anyway, and then A Dangerous Method, Eastern Promises. So my point is, he hasn't done. Body horror for a while. Since yeah. 1999. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that that may be purposefully, you know, that it was a bit more like there is no longer demand for this, and this was a bit more of a call back to his early works. Like and I think Sam Raimi stopping being campy horror. So he could do Spider-Man and then going back to do campy horror. <laughs> yeah, and then he did uh, like the latest Doctor Strange. But I went to watch that. I would never ask you to record about that. But it was like a day that I don't have anything to do. I'm going to be just watching these like around the corner. Uh, is this Strange Love? I wish. No, this is Doctor Strange, like the Marvel movie with Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. Uh, and he actually had a couple of the scenes that is like this is Evil Dead. This like campy horror stuff that you actually just squeeze under the table. I actually kind of wanted to see that film. I haven't seen a Marvel film in like I don't know six, seven years, but I was like, this one kind of looks like it could be good. It's okay. It's okay. You know, it's entertaining. You know what you're going to. It's like just eating popcorn. As you know that if you're going to be like watching like a body horror movie, you are going to be horrified. And a couple of the scenes like wanted to just look away. Yeah, that's exactly like. I was entertained for the most part. I didn't feel any emotion. It didn't open my eyes to anything. I think he's pretty good at grossing people out in subtle, subtle and not so subtle ways, but there's like subtle gross outs here. He knows how to get under your skin more than most directors, I feel like. Um, 
Yeah. Like he does like several close-ups. Sorry, he does like several close-ups of surgery and just see like the organs. Now I would say is like none of the bodies that they open resemble what I would expect to see inside of a human being. Have you seen a non-Cronenberg film surgery? I should like have. Because the first time they open up the ghost's stomach and you see the intestines and like I'm guessing what was the liver, I was like, okay, this this is more realistic than I thought. But I also feel like I've seen the inside of a human body and I'm not positive that I have. I have watched like plenty of anatomy pictures. I don't know That's if I what have. I'm thinking is that this is an idea from an anatomy picture I have and maybe I haven't really seen inside. Well, what I felt is that, look, there is a lot of organs here, you know, and it's like, I don't think that this is exactly like the placement. I think that you are like just using the idea like they have evolved, so you're going to be like seeing some organic bugs in there and you're going to be like rolling with it. I do want to call out that the, um, first off, the Department of Internal of organ, organ Registration, system. yeah. Super weird. Um, first off, because they require by law everyone report their organs, but supposedly the organization is top it's secret. secret. Yeah. Exist. That was bizarre. It was very Kafka. And it's two people. It's it almost two... felt. It felt and like... one of them is Kristen Stewart, <laughs> yeah. who has like a relatively small role and doesn't play Kristen Stewart in it, which I thought was cool. Yeah, no, that's true. And it, it's only two people, you know, like the whole organization. It reminded me of Brazil. reject that statement <laughs> sure dude you know, comparing like the original top guns new top gun if you wanted to compare those two oh dude brazil <laughs> i'm going to make you watch it again one day one day not now but Another one day one. um so should we go over the questions yes right. i cannot believe that we didn't record about brazil it was like just four movies before we started recording we really should rewatch it then, so I can get all this out to the public. <laughs> <laughs> if we're going to be like doing that, I would rather watch about Celine Dion's body. I will never watch Celine Dion's body ever again in my life, ever. Uh, okay, doesn't matter. Uh, would you watch this movie again, Crimes of the Future? I think so. Not now. Maybe in five years, I'd be like, well, this isn't like the best of him, but it's a pretty good example of who he is in terms of body horror. He's a pretty great director when he's straightforward, like um, uh, History of Violence, for instance. Was it a history of violence about body horror? No, it's about a Vigo marries this actress that I like, and they have a normal family in the suburbs until his past comes back to catch up with him so basically like a Blake Jango middle high class being unhappy but they're not upper middle class they're definitely lower middle class all right okay. but, but nobody whore okay uh I think that I will watch it again not right now as you say but if he's playing on the tv i'm not going to be like, running away from it in some ways watching it's like sure yeah let's just watch it again maybe i get like some different value out of it so just fyi i pulled up during the podcast the critics consensus on rotten tomatoes because i like that sentence and it says quintessential if not classic cronenberg 
Crimes of the Future finds the director revisiting familiar themes with typically unsettling flair. This is not the best of what he's done, but it is what he's good at, and so it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's just okay. Just move on. Uh, would you recommend it? In some specific situations, yes. Um, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone at work. My mom wrote to me and asked if she should watch it, and I said, absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, someone asked me yesterday about like, should I watch it or skip it, and I said, skip it. I wouldn't recommend it, because if you actually want body horror, I think that I would go with Pediatron and his scanners before this. Yeah, or The Fly, yeah. Like, the effects were better in this film, but The Fly is far more effective. Yeah, so I, for me, it's a no. For me, it's like I, there's like way many more movies that I recommend for someone asking for something as specific as this. Would uh, you remember it? I will remember that this takes place in the in the future where people can't feel pain, don't get infections, and use surgeries as performance art, and that's it. I'm not going to remember Vigo was undercover. I'm not going to remember the autopsy of the boy. I hope I remember the way Scott Speedman was killed by those two women, because that was pretty classic Cronenberg right there. <laughs> I don't think that I can remember anything about this movie, to be honest. I think that there is like so much, so many ideas, so much pastiche on this that is like, I, could you remember that Viggo Mortensen was an undercover cop? He's like, what is the point of that? There, there are like so much stuff that it doesn't go anywhere and it could be like just easily removed. And instead of having like a tired story, it's like at the end, a collection of ideas that they don't go anywhere. So for me, it's like, my brain is not going to be able to separate, you know, like the thick of it from the stupid stuff that he had around. I was disappointed when he came out as an undercover cop because it was more interesting to me when he was a subversive performance artist, just having a mutually beneficial relationship with the detective. I thought that was cool. And then there's like, oh, he's a police yeah. person. Yeah. I honestly, yeah. So from my perspective, when movies tries to do like too much, my brain is like just like, no, let's just throw it everything away. So no, I won't remember anything. Is there anything artistic about it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's stylish as hell. It's it's uh, imaginative. It's inventive. It made me squirm, which good art does sometimes. Okay. Um, visually, the world he creates is beautiful. It's horrific and beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the world building, as we were discussing earlier, is what the highlight is for me. Now, he actually already is a bit of a too desolated kind of world. I always feel is that hey, you have like 30 extras for doing this. There is not really like a city life. It's like I don't necessarily know how society looks at this point. But it's still okay with what he wants us to see. And I think that the ending, you know, albeit I feel I leaves a lot open. Is visually appealing, visually artistic, so, sure. Do you think he left it open because he wants a sequel or to do another movie in this specific world? I don't think so. I don't think so either, but... No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I even, like, consider it and then I felt it's like, nope. Is that I don't think that Cronenberg has ever done a sequel. I don't think so. so. And I don't think that any director out there is going to be like taking this and making a sequel to it. 
I don't know. I saw Jurassic Park 6. <laughs> never say never. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, you see the theme of this piece? Yeah. Yeah, I think the themes it explores... I mean, there's a little bit of reference to the way we've trashed our world, but it's not even like climate change or anything. It's just... Yeah, it's there. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. I think that it's like timeless. I don't think if they had like, just focus on the influencer slash performance part, maybe it would have been like a bit more timely. But as they did everything on the same movie, I think that it's timeless. Is that they just talk about we're going to change and there is going to be like a point that we need to just accept it and embrace it, or just like keep fighting and being unhappy about it. So that's always going to be a reality. Would you turn this into a TV show? To be honest, yes. I almost never answer this question as yes, but I feel like if he was given six hours in an HBO miniseries or eight, maybe 10, to explore some of this and build it out, it could be interesting. I'm not saying it absolutely would, but I think this would be a good candidate to be like, hey, Let's let's give this eight one-hour episodes. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. Okay, I can see that. I think that the uh, if the world building is the strong part of this, it could be more developed into a TV show and just having like, more characters that just seeing something about like the policeman that we have a like, the detective, like the technicians. You say, like, why do they have like these fetish with the machines and then they turn into killers? There's there's this one scene where they're repair or they're they're altering the autopsy bed and they're with Lea Seydoux and they just both get naked and get into the bed and then show her and everyone laughs and I'm like what is this about what the hell it makes no sense nothing makes sense here uh so last question that you think that this movie could have been better I guess you've convinced me that he could have, like, less is less would have been more. Yeah. If they had pulled out some of the superfluous side plots, it probably would have been better, more focused. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly my point. I think that is just having, like, a tighter script, it would have made this more enjoyable. I would have walked away with a, I don't know, better taste of it. Okay, uh, and that was the last question, and before we score, I wanted to ask you if you remember... No, actually it's your turn to ask me if I remember something. I would like you to tell me, as specifically as possible, what you remember from Clueless. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. All right. uh, I don't remember the name of the main actress, but she basically is a bit of a bitch at high school. She's like a really popular mean girl kind of thing. It's... She's nice. Yeah, no, but she doesn't do anything for anyone else. And basically his brother calls her out, Paul Rudd, that I still look like as he looks nowadays 40 years later. Is that he, that he's his stepbrother, if I remember? Next stepbrother. Ex-step brother. Okay, uh, he actually tells him that is, hey, you never do anything for anyone else, uh, and she starts to try to be like a matchmaker in these guys, and then 
No, dude. I mean, I, I, I could teach you more, but it's, it's just stupid. <laughs> I do know. Say the answer is yes. You remember with some specificity. The, yeah. The plot. Yeah, and I remember that at the end is like she does. What is the 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 charity stuff that she does, and she feels good about it, and then Paul Rudd like falls in love with her, and she ends up with her ex stepbrother. <laughs> and and this is a version, a modernized version of Emma by James. Okay, the answer is absolutely yes. You remember <laughs> the plot. Well done. Uh, okay, so should we score crimes of the future? Yes. Uh, this was your pick, so I guess that I should score it first. You convinced me that there is a tiny bit more than how I left the cinema, you know, like with. It's still a bit of a mess for me. I think that it's, it could have been like a way better movie. I'm going to say yeah, six is okay. Okay, so I started out this conversation as a 7.5. That's like a perfectly good movie for me. You've convinced me to go down to a seven. All right, all right, I'll take it. It looks like we have influenced each other in not the way that we expected. Uh, all right, man. So this was fun. Would you watch like the next movie by Cronenberg? I would watch anything by Cronenberg, honestly, even if it got bad reviews. He's inventive enough that I'm going to be curious about what he made. Even if it falls flat on his face, it's going to be interesting, in my opinion. What I was thinking about yesterday is like, after watching the movies that like, this guy is weird. This guy likes to narrate specific stories. And this guy has done quote unquote normal movies. Like, for example, David Lynch did too. That he's another like weird, I do well, my own thing. What normal movie? One. No, you need to. Wait, don't tell me. The Elephant Man and the Lawnmower movie? No, Inland Empire. No, a straight story. And that's completely normal, dude. That's like a classic Disney movie for the whole family. Uh, and he actually was proving, he's like, hey, look, if I wanted, I could was like the most, I could create like the most normal movie. And it could be good because I'm a good director. Cronenberg, I think there is a similar on that. <coughs> but when he does his own thing, I don't find it as compelling. I just think that it's, like, it's cool that you do your own thing and it's cool that there is a director that does this, but it doesn't feel elevated cinema. I think it was a little bit more interesting in the 90s when technology was advancing at such a fast pace and he played with the idea of mixing organics with technology and what that would look like. But yeah, it feels like, okay, you've you've explored what you have to say in the body horror genre, unless you have something else to say, let's do another history of violence because it's a bitchin' movie. <laughs> so basically he took a break of 20 years from the genre and when he came back, he actually just proved that he's like, no, the break was deserved. I think he, he took a break because he didn't have anything else to say. And then in 2022, he's like, let's go to Cannes with another body. Yeah, probably like at least I had like the nostalgic value for just being selected. Well, well, I mean, this was fun. Uh, so if this was your pick, I'm supposed to actually pick like the next one. And I'm going to go with a double single feature that is actually Kill Bill. Yeah. You mean they talk? Sorry, go ahead. I'm never tired of talking about Kill Bill. Or Tarantino in general. Yeah. Let's be honest. It's, it's, um, 
Okay, okay. Let's let's hold the conversation oh, about sweet. Tarantino for the next one. Okay. Uh, thank you so much for everyone out there, like putting up with us. There it goes. And wash your hands. Please. Okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>